Welcome to the Mommy Oyoyo podcast, a safe space for honest, transparent, authentic, and real-life gist about being a mother, African style. I am your hostess with the mostess, Barry Dakara, and I'm here to share the unique experiences of being an African mother. Thank you for tuning in. Oya, drop the kids, get comfy, and make we start! Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. I am your hostess with the mostess and the ghostess and the flowstess, Miss Barry Dakara. I have no idea what I just said, but obviously I'm in a very playful mood. Have you subscribed to the podcast yet? If you haven't subscribed, what exactly are you waiting for? Do we need to have a sit down? Do we need to have a chat to understand what's going on in your life that you have not subscribed yet? Okay. I will give you 10 seconds to pause this episode. I pause. Click pause. Now go and click subscribe. I'm waiting. Congratulations, you are subscribed to the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. <laughs> All right, enough of the tomfoolery. Welcome to this episode of the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. I'm very excited for today's episode, as I am for every episode of this podcast. Um, but in this episode, I am speaking with my cousin, Joy, who I like to call Joy, 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 Joy. Heaven is full of no more crying. Heaven is full of joy, 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 joy. <laughs> if you are Nigerian, then you should know this song from Sunday School. But um, I spoke to Joy about her um, life um, growing up in America as a Nigerian. Joy was born and bred in America, but she is Nigerian to the core. She's Nigerian through and through. I had a follower who sent me a message saying that she would like an episode where um, we kind of focus on how to raise your children outside Africa, like to raise them in the diaspora as Africans, um, especially in America, I um, I believe. And while I will get to that um, topic separately, I kind of wanted to use this other angle to tackle the topic. Um, I wanted to see what it was like for Joy being raised as an African while being American, right? I'm not sure if you really um, understand it, but I just wanted to get her opinion on, on what her parents did that was right, what they could have done a little bit better, and what she plans to do for her own children when she does have children. I thought that um, people, you know, listeners and the audience who have children and are raising them in the diaspora, I thought that um, it would be interesting to hear from someone who has lived that life. And there are some nuggets, there are some insights that I believe will help you and I um, to, um, I guess, better instill 
African values and African culture, like some of the culture and traditions, um, talking with Joy just gave me some insights into how I can um, raise cocoa as an African while also being American. And I hope you enjoy our conversation. There's a lot of joking around in the conversation because it's Joy. Joy is a joker. (laughs) but I'm 100% sure you're going to enjoy this episode. So stay tuned and enjoy it. Joy, 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 joy. Heaven is full of no more crying. Heaven is full of joy, 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 joy. (laughs) Is that being recorded too? Yes. Everything is recording. That's dope. That's dope. (laughs) dope. (laughs) Well, joyous. Thank you so much for being my guest on the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. I am actually honored and excited. I've always wanted to be a guest on your podcast. I'm so excited. Yay. Awesome. Awesome. Just for a little bit of a background, guys, Joy is my cousin. And if you ask us how we are related, it's not of your business. You can go and argue with your ancestors <laughs> if you want to know how exactly we're related. Whatever, we are cousins. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I, I second that. I second that, and I'm pretty sure our ancestors will have no problem fighting themselves. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be a very very quick chat. I don't know, like, my last, um, my other interviews have been pretty long, and it's funny because my original intent was for the episodes of Mommy Oyoyo to be, like, 20 minutes long, highest 30 minutes, but, like, I've gotten, like, an hour, maybe once or twice. Nice. That's interesting. That means the topic was on point. Yes. But just because the short doesn't mean it's not on point now. Oh, that's true. It could mm-hmm. be long-winded. Right. Well, all the all the topics and all the conversations have been really, really good. I'll put it at that. Okay. Um, but today I want to talk to Joy about um being raised um in America. Um, the reason why I wanted to talk about this topic is because. Um, actually got a message from one of my um, followers, uh-huh. and she's Nigerian. She's raising, she lives here in the States, and she kind of um, is a little bit worried about, you know, raising her children here in America, given that, you know, they're immigrants. The, her children will be first generation, um, um, I guess, Nigerian Americans. Uh-huh. Um, and so she was a little bit worried about raising her boys here in the States. Um, you know how there's been a lot of, um, the discrimination and then the issues with black men and the police. So, you know, that kind of worries her a little bit. And I won't lie, it's worried me as well. Not, um, in terms of raising Coco here. But um, sometimes when my brother goes out and, you know, by a certain time he's not home, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, please, 
let Bobby come home. Please, God, let him come home. I hope the police is not stopping for speeding or whatever. Like, those thoughts kind of run through my mind. So that's kind of like the basic premise of um, why I wanted to have this conversation with Joy. Because Joy herself... Um, She's Nigerian. Well, she, I'll let you. I'll let her tell you guys <laughs> what she is. But she's been in the states most of her life, right? Um, you were born here, but then you were taken back to Nigeria as a young child, and then you came back again. What were you like six years old when you came back? I actually never went back. I only went back for vacation. Oh, so you've been here the whole time? The whole entire time. Okay, well then that leads me to my first question. Joy, <laughs> where are you from? Okay, so when people ask me where I'm from, I have to ask them to be a little bit specific. Because um, that can mean any question. Like, for instance, somebody will ask me, where are you from? And I'm like, you mean here in the States or my nationality? So, because I'm from different states. I was born in Dallas, Texas, raised in Massachusetts, and now I live in New Jersey with my husband. So, I need to know what you really mean. You mean my nationality? Yes, I'm Nigerian. So, that's kind of what I have to tell people. So, if they say, where am I from? Meaning my nationality. Koha 100%. My blood bleeds green and white. Nigerian. Period. So you don't consider yourself Nigerian American? No, I don't. Not the way I was raised. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. (laughs) No, you guys should know. If you know Joy's parents, yes. Joy, Joy did not have a choice. Between like, oh, you know, I'm Nigerian. If she, if she even tried to say, oh, I'm Nigerian America, eh, from where again? They'll just laugh. Even <laughs> even sometimes when people, you know, meet me for the first time and they meet me and I'm speaking in like an accent, I'm giving right now, I'm giving you English full name. But when I start with my Igbo accent, correct Igbo accent, people now say, hey, yeah, what year did you arrive in America? 2000, <laughs> 2001. <laughs> And I always answer them, mm, no, 1983, actually. So right. I You've always get that. literally your whole life. Exactly. And I get that confused look. And they're like, wait, 19 guineas. <laughs> so that's when the conversation starts. That, no, I was actually raised here, but not, the, but the way I was raised in my home, I can't, I can't, I can't claim America. That, <laughs> no, I can't. It's not possible. <laughs> That is funny. That's really, really funny. Um, I actually met you. How old were you when we met? Sixteen. I was sixteen. Right. Right. I think I was fifteen. Fifteen, sixteen. That's when you guys came and moved to Boston, right? I moved in ninety-nine. So you were no wait no. I moved to Boston in ninety-eight. Yeah, sixteen. Right. But I think we met you maybe like the following year or two years later or something. Either way, I have known you for a very, very long time, mm-hmm. about 80 years or so. And um, I just want to, to, you've already alluded or you've said explicitly that your parents raised you to be Nigerian. Yeah. Right. But then you are here in the States and 
I wonder, um, did they in any way at all prepare you for, I guess, life as an immigrant here, number one, and life as a black person as well, in the sense of, you know, preparing you in case you met a child in school that would have said, oh, why is your skin brown? Or, oh my goodness, yeah, you're African, like, why are you here in my country? That kind of thing. Like, do you think that they prepared you at all for any of that? And did you experience any of that at all? Um, interestingly, you should ask that because my parents, the way they raised me, like I said, they raised me full Nigerian in my home. So with that mentality, I personally didn't understand or I didn't see um, difference. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So when I mean when my parents raised me completely Nigerian, I mean that my home, outside of my house, my address was, you know, um, Randolph, Massachusetts. But inside my home was, you know, Road, number one. So when people entered my home, I greeted them, Mama no, you know, um, good afternoon, Ma, good afternoon, sir, good morning, mommy, good morning, daddy. So like I so leaving my home, it was the same thing. If I wherever I went, um I always had some sort of Nigerian influence around me. Now, when it came to school, however, and this is back in, let's say, the 90s, the early, mid-90s, um, where there wasn't such a huge Nigerian influx, especially in our, in our neighborhood. Um, now, in our neighborhood, you can't walk down the street without seeing a Nigerian. But then, I would see, you know, a lot of Jewish people, then uh, our, our neighborhood was filled with Jewish people and um white people and a lot of Haitians but I never was able to figure out the difference and I'm not sure why now that I'm thinking about it I never understood why I couldn't see that oh these people are different than me to me they were just light-skinned funny enough so um and with my parents if they trained me or prepared me I don't think they themselves were prepared because I would sometimes they would come home sometimes and my mom would tell me about you know incidents where she felt discriminated and she didn't understand why my parents never raised us to say oh you know we are black we are Africans we are Nigerians we are different they raised us to say everybody's the same as long as you bleed blood red we're all under God's umbrella. We're all we're all God's children. So we're all the same. There's no difference. And that, in sense, was installed in me, especially for education-wise. I know a lot of uh, listeners grew up with the whole sense that if um, Thomas can get an A, i.e. we are getting A minus, what is the difference between you and Thomas? Thomas, does he have two heads? Eh? No? Okay. Then that A minus better turn into an A. The next exam. So it's just like, really, what is the difference? Is it what? There is no difference between me and Thomas. 
me and mm-hmm. Tomas, we compete, we, we compete for the same grade. We can get the same grade. So if even if Tomas is Asian and IQ of 315, there was no difference. I could match mm-hmm. up to his caliber. So, so I don't think they were, they themselves coming in. They came in the early 80s, um, right before I was born. So they didn't understand discrimination either. They just didn't, they just like, who is this person for him to say that he's above me or higher than me? We're mm-hmm. the same people. So whenever they felt discriminated against or, or, you know, um, mistreated, they would always have this sense of pride and making the ability to rise above it. So that was the same thing installed in me, even till now, even when I do encounter um, discrimination, which is actually, unfortunately, more prevalent than it is, than it was then. Now, that, yeah, I was actually going to point that out, that um, Nigerians raising their children here in the States in the 80s is quite different from raising your children now in the, you know, 2000s. Yeah. And the millennial generation. It's very, very, very different. Then even if we did, I mean, I we, I grew up in Massachusetts, and that's one of the most discriminated states in the United States, statistically. However, I didn't really experience much. Either I was, I don't want to say I was sheltered, because I definitely wasn't sheltered, but it was just not an issue, I guess. It was never made an issue, and I feel like whatever in your home you make an issue is what your child will focus on. My issue was I better learn how to cook all the correct soups and all the stews because when I get married, I must cook for my husband. That was my issue. That was my Jesus. I have burnt rice. I'm going to die. Oh, Father Lord, I did not bring out the chicken. Hi, today is the last day. Those were my struggles. Those were my worries. Discrimination. People going out there attacking me personally, like and. Tomorrow, now you fall down and scrape your knee and you 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 bleed. Same thing. So it was not even it wasn't a a struggle or or stress for me. Same thing now, even with the discrimination out in the open these days, I've experienced it and I'm looking at you the same way. Uh huh. And if Jesus should come now, me and you, who's going to heaven? Uh huh. I will see you later. You know. <laughs> So that's just that's just how they raised us. It wasn't, and I think the reason why they raised us that way is because they themselves were not. They didn't look at things like that. They didn't worry about things like that. It is what it is. You move, you live, you learn, you drink Sprite, and you move on. So right. that that was that was how their 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 initiative was, I guess, for their scheme. So. For you, though, you're married now, um, God, you know, willing, when you have your own kids, do you think you would um, approach it in the same manner, approach parenthood in the same manner that your parents did? Or is that something that you would do differently? Given that, you know, things are different now, there's a lot of polarization. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of awareness about everything. I mean, everybody is woke, like over woke. <laughs> 
So, like, would you... I'd be curious to know how you would approach parenting, whether it would be the same as your parents or different. And would you be raising them, since you have this, like, very obviously Nigerian mentality, you know, would you be raising your children as Nigerians in America or would they be, like, Nigerian-American? If they, if your children said, oh, you know, I'm Nigerian-American, like, would you be like, eh, excuse you, no, <laughs> you're a Nigerian through and through you know, on that, and then would you also try to prepare them to say, listen, the world as it is now is different from when I was raised here. What What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think I would probably do both. So, um, when I do have children, by God's grace, I will probably... Well, I definitely have no choice but to install the same pride of being Nigerian as my parents installed in me. That I have no choice because, um, number one, my parents are still alive. So, therefore, <laughs> when they meet grandma and grandpa, <laughs> they have no choice either because grandma and grandpa will still do the same um, installation of pride in me, uh, in, in them. I mean, I see myself being that type of mother that's going to understand where they are, where they're coming from. But at the same time, I want to make sure they won't forget where they are actually coming from. For instance, if I see them outside hanging, you know, with their friends, and I'm just this type of funny character. I have this character of just, I just want to make sure you understand who you are. So let's say, um, you know, if they're hanging out outside, and I'm going to make sure I do this, like, from day one till they graduate from college. I'll be that mother that will say, yeah, like, in front of their friends, so they know that, child, my mother is not well. She's not. She's really calling me by my governmental middle name. And, like, when they want to play a guy, because, you know, teenagers are the same way. They play a guy all the time. I'm a mentor of many teenagers here in Jersey. So, you know, when you want to, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't know what she's talking about. So, you don't listen to, you know what I mean? It's like, I want to make sure that they know that they are not fully American. Their father uh-huh. isn't fully American. Their mother isn't fully American. Don't let the blue passport fool you, even though it's an essential thing to have. But don't let the blue passport fool you. I will, like, I will handle you in a Nigerian way. You will mm. learn what is pick, pick, pick. You will learn what is hold up the wall. Come and mess with me one day. You get what I'm saying? But at right. the same time, I know that this generation is completely different. I understand that people do things completely different. So I'll tweak, I guess, their training a little bit. I'm going to, like I said, make sure that they know that they're Nigerian, but, you know, fully understand that we don't live in Nigeria. So I'm not going to wake them up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go fetch water. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. My parents tried that whole um, waking up 5 o'clock in the morning to do morning prayers. (laughs) (laughs) We never grew up with four, five o'clock in the morning prayers until my mom's sister came to our house um, from Nigeria one day and started it. Me and my brother looked at my aunt like, what? We do our morning, <laughs> our prayers at night. 
before going to bed. So I'm trying to start doing that, you know. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning. No. Wait, let me no. Let, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Okay. There was a time that my grandma came to visit us in Boston. So it's me, Kiki, Nene, and Didi. And it was the summertime, so there's no school, um, right. there's no work or anything. And next thing, in fact, it might even have been, you know, it might have been a Saturday even. All I know is that all of a sudden I heard, wakey, 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 wakey. And I'm bringing it up What's going on? And his mama, wakey, wakey, she's clapping her hand. Next thing, everybody gets up. Good morning, Jesus. We're like, wait, what? <laughs> and we look at the time. It is like 5 or like 5.30. And it's like, what the heck? Exactly. Exactly. No. I'm like, mama, no. I'm in my 20s. No. You can't. You're visiting us now on our apartment. No, you can't do this. It's not fair. She's like, shut up. Good morning. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was dumbfounded when she came. She just came. It literally was the day after she arrived in our house. The next morning, I guess she was completely shocked that we were still asleep. Five o'clock, my mother, my father, everybody in the house was still asleep at five in the morning. Oh, no, no. This was not happening in her presence. She just woke. And it's not like she was, you know, being all subtle with it. No, no, no. She was loud. Our neighbors heard her. So oh, wow. imagine our anger and frustration and, you know, out of respect, like I said, we were raised in Nigeria, out of respect, we woke up, uh, we followed her suit. But if you saw the eyes me and my brother were giving her, meanwhile, my mother's on the other side, like, hey, yeah, I remember this time. Hey, God bless you. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. My mother tried to, when she left, my mother tried to do it again. Oh boy, with no sense. He just rolled over. <laughs> yeah, she didn't try that again. You know, in that, in that right there, I feel like that's kind of American. Like, uh, no, mom. Like, we're done. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's like I'm. I'm the way I see things is if you don't start from the very beginning, don't bring things in the middle. Like, I don't. I work on a lot of projects in my job, so if you're gonna bring in an edit after we have established a plan for this project to be completed, and you now want to come in the middle and start bringing edits, me and you gonna have problems because we established this, we agreed, we worked on it together from the very beginning. You want to come in and now add edits? No, this is the same thing. If I didn't start like for like I said when I when I'm gonna start doing all that you know, calling them by their middle name, making sure they dress up in, you know, Nigerian attire um, once in a while. From the very, if I don't start this from the very beginning, I'm not going to expect them to, you know, accept it if I start, like, when they're 15 or 12. Right. I'm not going to expect them to do it. So from, like, I even have plans. My child's first birthday, they're going to be in in Judge, (laughs) Buba. Head time, the whole night. You get what I'm saying? Right. So it's like I want them to know from the very beginning. This is who you are. I'm not gonna come in twelve. You know what? I understand that because um I don't speak any of my parents' languages. I don't speak Igbo. I don't speak Ogoni. Right. And my parents just never spoke Igbo to us. My dad is Ogoni, but my my dad knows how to speak um speak Igbo, but they never spoke it. Oh, that's dope. 
No, yeah, my what my dad? I didn't know. I, you know, the thing didn't even, it didn't cross my mind because when my dad and your dad talk, they speak in evil. So I'm like, oh, he's evil. Right. No, but my dad's here. So <laughs> my dad speaks evil, but they never spoke it to us when we were growing up. And then when I was like, I think maybe 10, 11 or 12, then I want to start speaking evil to me. And I was like, wait, what? Right. Like, um, you didn't speak it to us when, when we were two years old so i'm not understanding what you're trying to do now and then they'll be like hey can you imagine she doesn't understand it but we're all understanding from if you didn't speak it to me right exactly you know so i do understand this thing of you know you can't like come in the middle and try to make changes i mean change happens yes yes but there are a lot of things that if you don't start from the beginning it's really 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 hard it is bring halfway through the the thing about it a child a child develop development from the age zero to about three four years old is where they learn most of life is when their brain is developed that's where you have children learning like six different languages at the age of four right when you see all these viral videos of somebody speaking you know different languages that's the time you're supposed to install it funny enough um my parents started speaking to me when I was very, very young, very, very young. So I was actually responding in Igbo when I was about two, three years old. However, one vagabond like this, just enter my house. Just, you see, enemy of progress, eh? Mm. This vagabond enter my house, told my parents, ah, what are you doing? Don't you know that you're in America? You cannot be speaking Igbo to your child. She will be very confused. That's a lie from the oh pit of hell. Oh, my goodness. Lie from the pit of hell. By now, I am supposed to be completely bilingual. Like, bilingual to the fullest. I'm supposed to speak Igbo and English. If mm. not for that guy that came to the house. Listen, parents out there, if you feel comfortable, what you feel comfortable with your child, do for the child. Don't let no enemy of progress to come and destroy um, your pro your progress your process with your child is your own process if you want to teach them teach them i have so many friends right now and it like it hurts my heart sometimes i have so many of my friends my age and they're mostly yoruba it's barely i barely see evil people that speak their own language mostly yoruba people uh, shout out to the yoruba they are kong they are saying they are saying we are keeping our language whether you like it or not we are going yeah. to teach our children yeah. So all my friends out here, they all speak Yoruba. They all speak Yoruba to their children, and their children are speaking Yoruba. And, and they're not confused. And they're not confused because they will go to <laughs> Anita, when you come up to to our to New Jersey to visit, you gotta come to my church because these kids are hilarious. You will see four, three, four, five year old kids running around you know, playing, and they will be speaking either Yoruba or they'll speak in their accent, which is amazing to me. So mm. I had this kid walk around, and she was she was sad, and I asked her, well, what's the problem? She said, somebody now took my dolly. I could not find my dolly. And I, you know, I looked and I searched, and we found her doll. Within a second, she went back into her English accent. Because she came up to me, she went into an evil, um, in a, a Nigerian yeah. accent. Right. But once she found it, yay, I got my doll. <laughs> and she ran out. I was like, wait, wait, wait a, wait a minute. 
I was like, whose child is this? <laughs> <laughs> and I found out. I saw the mom. I was like, did you know your child? She's like, yeah, she does that. When she's at home, she speaks in, in her accent. And we speak Yoruba to her. But when she's at school, it's like she doesn't even know that. She, they don't know that she's African. Wow. She's not confused in any way, shape, or form. She she will actually flip access to who she's talking to. That's the incredible power of the mind at a young age. They process things very, very easily and quickly. Mm-hmm. So parents out there, if you want to teach them your language, I beg, do it. Do it. Don't, don't be like me. Now I'm regretting it. Now I'm looking up Igbo words on the internet. It's not okay. I want to learn how to speak Igbo. I want to learn how to speak Igbo. And I would like Coco to learn how to speak Igbo as well. I would like to. My, I, would like to. I would love my children to speak Igbo. Like, when me and my parents are in grocery store, my mom will speak, especially if you want to talk about... <laughs> especially if she wants to talk about somebody behind her back. Like, <laughs> in front of the grocery line, she, she'll know. She'll say things like, no, nah, man, this person is just smelling anyhow. And she'll say it in evil. And I'm out here busting out in laughter and people looking at me. But I have to respond in English because I don't even know. I'm not going to right. speak that language. So, and, um, but I want to have that conversation in evil. But I right. know from my kids, I'm going to send them to Nigeria. They have to learn. My in-laws all live in Nigeria. My in-law parent my parents in laws live in Nigeria. Mm. So I do have plans on sending them for the summer, let them learn their language. So when they come back they can at least know something. Because my my husband was raised in Lagos, funny enough, and he doesn't know Igbo. He doesn't speak his language. Oh wow. So neither yeah. of you speak Igbo at all. Neither of us speak Igbo. It's oh, the wow. funniest thing. He understands because he's raised in Lagos, he understands more Yoruba than Igbo, funny enough. And he's an, raised in, he was, he's from Umwaha, he's an Igbo guy. But mm. he knows more, he understands more Yoruba being from where he was raised. So, yeah, my kids are, <laughs> are out of luck with us. So I, <laughs> I have to send them to Nigeria to pick up the language. Wow. Okay, so let's just switch gears a little bit before we um kind of finish up the call. Um the the person that sent a message to me, like one of her biggest concerns is, you know, um the whole black men um that are being um kind of killed indiscriminately by police over here and so she worries for her young son and she's not quite sure how to approach it um would you like if you had a son how would you and and this issue was still um pervasive at in you know in his own time um how would you handle it um, that's a very interesting question. You mean how would I handle my fear of knowing what is can happen? Like how do you handle, yes, your fears, but also telling your son that, you know, because, I mean, African-Americans here have to have that conversation. A lot of them are right. having those conversations with their with their young sons to say listen this is what is going on in the world it doesn't mean it's or, or it's in america it doesn't mean it's going to happen to you but 
you know, there's just this, um, um, this almost epidemic that kind of seems to be happening. And I want you to understand that, yes, you know, you are a black person, right? You're a black person. Mm. Um, it doesn't make you different from anybody, but, um, chances are that you will be treated differently. You know, so if you run into the police, this is how you should behave. If someone says something racist to you or um, discriminatory towards you or derogatory towards you, this is how you should behave. Like, would you have those conversations with your children or, you know, do it as your parents did um, in, in the case of, you know, just, you know, everybody's the same. We don't need to have that talk. Like, how would you, because every, everyone's different. I, my, my, um, last guest, um, she has a biracial child. She lives in South Africa mm-hmm. and she's going to, she already has started talking to her son, you know, about different aspects of, of, you know, race. He is mm-hmm. pretty young, but she's starting to have those conversations at the level that he can understand now, but, you know, she doesn't plan to, you know, sugarcoat it or like gloss over it or anything because she believes that, you know, you need to start having conversations with them earlier instead of like them going out in the world and then experiencing something and coming back to you like shocked, like, oh my God, you know. So what would be your own approach? Um, My approach would be Again, I'm, it might be a combination of both. Um, I do remember the day my brother got pulled over for the first time for DWB. For those of you who don't know what DWB means, that's driving while black. Um, he got pulled over. Again, our neighborhood was very Caucasianist <laughs> then. Um, and my dad had just bought him a brand new car for his birthday. And he got pulled over because he was driving at night around our neighborhood. And they were questioning him on how he got the car, excuse me, when um, he got his license and things like that. So my brother came home, obviously livid, and my father sat him down and said, um, I will never forget these words. He said, because of who you are, you might have extra problems, but don't forget who you are. And I, at the time, I was like, what the hell? Should we all be out there suing police right now? But I, as time has gone, I, I understand what he meant. Like, yes, you're black. Yes, you're going to run into issues that a white male might not run into but that should never hinder you from becoming who you are you're a great man and I I don't know if you saw the viral video that was a couple weeks ago about that little boy I think he was like two three years old maybe and the mom was giving him affirmations and he was Mm -hmm. saying affirmations Mm -hmm. and that really touched me and I was like yes that's what they need to know I understand that we're living in the days where they have to know that, you know, you being black boy, you're going to go run into these issues and the police are not going to like you and these people are not going to like you all because of the color of your skin. But that shouldn't stop us as parents to 
letting our sons know that you are great, you are smart, you are amazing, you are loved. And that's something that I want to install mostly into my son. And especially if I have aspirations of my son getting married, having children, I want him to know that you don't have to be this type of feared person. Mm. You're not feared. You are loved. Some people may think you are different. And yes, you are different because number one, you're Nigerian. Number the Nigerians two, are different. <laughs> they're very, they're special, they're very class. special people. You are very special. Shout out to us. We're very <laughs> special human beings. So number one, you're different because number one, you're Nigerian. My dad used to say, because we're in Nigeria, we're top of the class. Yes, that was said by pride, but um, it made me feel great. Because mm-hmm. I'm Nigerian, I can achieve anything. Mm-hmm. Is it true? Yeah. We'll let the audience decide. But it it made me feel like I'm, I'm, I, I could achieve anything in the world. And because... Um, you're great and you're loved. You can do the same thing. Even when it comes to dealing with discrimination, you can rise above it. Our great first lady that is still currently our first lady, um, Mrs. Barack Obama, Mrs. Michelle Obama, who is still our current first lady, forever first lady. When they go low, we must go high. Yes. I do believe it. No, I'm playing. But yes, what she said is true. Yeah, when I my thing is I don't really believe all cops are bad. I don't think that. I I was gonna put it out there that please do not, you know, misconstrue our conversation to say that we're saying that all police is bad. We do I do not believe that at no. all. Okay. I, have, I I grew up with uh I grew up with cop friends, funny enough. I did. I grew up with some friends that were cops and they they have a lot on their plate. Mm-hmm. You know. I understand somewhere their frustration can lie, I understand understand and it, it, it all stems from their training. If you train it's a very high stress um it is, it's a high it's a very stress. high stress occupation. Yes, a very high stress occupation. And when I found out their salary I was like what that's what you're getting paid for this no you know what i mean it's just i get it and it also again it stems from their training if you train a man to be afraid of another man guess what right they're gonna be afraid of that man no matter yeah. no matter what you tell them afterwards if you train them that these people are dangerous then lo and behold that's what happens but not to get into all of that political discussion Right. My, my thing with my, my son is I do want him to understand that this life is real life is real the struggle is real but that never feel feared that's my thing I don't want them to feel that they are feared I want them to know that they are loved and you mm-hmm. can rise above any situation anything and most importantly number one factor of everything prayers I still believe to this moment the reason why I'm still alive and still on this earth is my mother's prayers. Uh-huh. My mother's prayers put us and allowed us to rise above every and anything that come our way. 
we ain't perfect children. We've made mistakes. But because my mother's prayers, my mother still prays for us every morning, every night. Protection. Prayers is a huge aspect. And when you install that into your child, prayers will, and becomes their life. They can find themselves in a situation. The first thing they do is get on their knees and they will see the miracle of God working at that moment. So that's what I want to install into my son. Number one, you're loved. You're not feared. Number two, you can rise above everything. And number three, God is your protection. I can't do anything. Mm. Nothing out there is going to, I can't walk around with a big, you know, you know, bulletproof glass around you and everywhere you go. I can't do that. But as long as you know who is holding your hands and who is holding your your life in his hands, shoot, I could be ready for the next president of the United States of America. Shoot, <laughs> you know what I mean. So that's I I don't want and I don't want parents out there to always feel feared, especially if you're black, especially if you're African, especially if you're African American. This world, yeah, is a scary place, but when we know who's in control of it, how can I not be bothered? I cannot come and kill myself. I'm sorry. It's not possible. I'm not come and go and kill myself. <laughs> I can't. I can't come and kill myself because of what? What belief? I beg. Well, thank you very much, Joy, for so this very funny and yet deep conversation. Aww. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I'm pretty sure we're gonna have you again, um, other or for other topics. <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing your experience about you know being raised Nigerian in America, and um, your thoughts on um, you know how you will you will raise your own um, children and how other parents should um, consider raising their own children as well. Thank you so much. Guys, usually I would say, oh, you know, follow this person on social and everything. Joy is just a regular, regular person. She's the king god of Israel. You people, why are you doing this to me? You don't know I have social media. I have, <laughs> I have social. Follow me if you like. Follow me. See, okay. have, mommy or yo yo, do not become uh, enemy of progress. If you like, follow me. A D A B O B O B O B eighty three. I Bob eighty three. Oh yeah, if you want to follow Ada Bob eighty three, oh. oh my God, you're a disaster. Well, thank you, <laughs> thank you, guys. If you need a uh, uh, hey, shameless plug, if you are in the New Jersey area and you need um, what do you call it? A uh, mediation? Uh, what do you call it? Mediation uh, services. Mm-hmm. I do mediation. Let me know. Yes. Hit me in my DM. I could tell you that. Ah, sorry, now. Did you ask me? I just there assuming. See, I like. How, I'm sorry. How can I be cousins and you not tell me what what else you're doing in 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 addition to your regular job? When you're out there, you know, got, gathering the world and becoming uh, the greatest entrepreneur in life. I, sometimes <laughs> I feel like I'm a small person. Listen, when you become you know, millionaire, please remember me in your kingdom. I beg, just remember me. <laughs> just remember me in your kingdom, I beg. I cannot with <laughs> you. Okay, everyone, since Joy is not a regular, regular person, please ah. go ahead and follow her on the Instagram. Yes. At Adabob83. 
And if you are looking for mediation services in New Jersey, you can go ahead and hit her up. Yes. They dare me. You can hit me up anyhow, anyway. Mail me something. It doesn't matter. I accept gifts. My birthday is in a few months. I'm not a regular, regular, regular person. Please. Please. <laughs> we'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Yay, I can't wait. Thanks. Shout out to your listeners. I had a blast. Hope you have a great day. You too. Love you. Love you. Mwah. Mwah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. Out of everything you could be doing, you chose to spend the time with me and I am truly grateful. Please follow us on social media at Mommy Oyoyo, which is M-O-M-M-Y-O-Y-O-Y-O. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Feel free to send us feedback and suggestions that way or via our email at mommyoyoyo at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to the Mommy Oyoyo podcast on your favorite podcast players. Rate and review the podcast. And finally, don't keep this goodness to yourself. Share the Mommy Oyoyo podcast with your friends, your family, your co-workers, and more. The Mommy Oyoyo podcast. Sharing experiences of African motherhood. Mommy Oyoyo. Mommy Oyoyo. Mommy Oyoyo. See you next time. <laughs>